This is the one with Morlocks. The Evil Universe. The Disappearing Mustache. Venusian Karate. And some green ooze. It's called Inferno. Here we go. We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Dalek boot, and the Cybertronic race. Sontarans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS, we're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and read on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal road. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back when? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to C054 of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past. That angelic voice you hear is none other than Ponkin. That's me. Hey, and I'm Nick Alele. Hey, Nick. So, we're here to, to review Inferno, a legendary series. Uh, so they say. Yeah. People have been singing songs of this series for generations. Well, so typically, <laughs> I don't like to look at other people's reviews or, you know, yeah. whatever. But I can't help but, like... There were, there was, this seemed like a, there was like a spike in the stuff when, you know, when you, we sort of do some vague research around yeah. each one of these. I've not seen any ratings. I, what, what, what are we talking about? What kind of spike are we talking about here? It's more qualitative than it is quantitative, like some IMBD things, some things I've seen on Twitter, YouTube, whatever. I try to stay away to try to keep, you know, the reviews pure. Okay. But yeah, it would, it had a better reception ah. than I thought. There That's would interesting. Be. So that leads, leads me to believe that you're not a huge fan of this series. Maybe I'm a below average. Interesting. Looking at the what okay. I think might, might might be the average. I love um, this one, by the way. I love elements. Okay, yeah, elements. no, fair enough. I mean, the, it's hugely flawed, as we will <laughs> obviously get into over the next, sure. I'm guessing, hour. <laughs> well, let's get into a bite-sized chunk of who, then. Let's do that. Marvelous idea. Time for us to synopsize, levify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This brief rule we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who? Okay, so these chaps are drilling to the center of the Earth to reveal our potent energy-producing gas. Alas, in drilling down, the scientists inadvertently release an inexplicably devolving ooze that turns ordinary people into murderous cuddle monsters. In his attempt to prevent Krakatoa squared, the Doctor accidentally sends himself to a parallel universe, where things are the same, but not. Now Doc needs to find a way home and prevent the end of his world before it's too late. Hilarity ensues. Peace scow over. You are welcome. <laughs> Aren't you just? <laughs> right, Aruni and Cheesecakes, where do you want to start? Um, Wait, should we maybe add a little disclaimer at the top and say that we haven't actually seen this one in weeks, plural? Yes, we had a little <laughs> issue with our upload rate. Uh, I've been ill, it's yeah. been a couple of weeks. so I'm glad this, you're feeling better. Yeah, thank you. It's gonna be, we're going to touch on the touchstones as it were and not 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 you know as as normal go through the well actually we haven't done we haven't done plot bomb and plot bomb no for ages so we're just going to go through what we like yeah um or dislike as it were I would like to start with Morlocks, the Primords. The Primords, yes. I mean, they are Morlocks. So people touch this green ooze, and then everyone apparently looks the other way (laughs) whilst whilst they go through some Jekyll and Hyde transformation. Yeah. And and then these people are just allowed to reside on the the premises whilst they murder people. No, not really. Once they turn into Morlocks, people just go apeshit and like, oh, no, shoot this fucker. Yeah, no, the, the first guy, though... 
Like, he, but no one knows it. No, no one, knows, no one it. knows it. But he definitely kills one or two people, like on the maintenance crew. But no one knows that, right? Well, oh, this, this is what I'm saying. Wait, it's wait, like, wait. Sorry, you're right. They do know, but they don't know that he's turned into a monster. Whatever. And oh, he's like, just let him just do his thing. Literally, because he's just up on a balcony. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's up on top of oh. a nuclear facility. <laughs> this is a. Oh, you know what? Fucking hell. Sorry for the F-bombs. This is the second serial in a row where this massive industrial complex, in this case, a nuclear power station, has zero security. A nuclear drill, yeah, has zero. And yeah. also, I did, I did like, oh, well, Steve's up high now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's part of God's plan. <laughs> so what do you think some people turn into Morlocks super quickly and others take a long time? That first chap, what's his face? The technician yeah, yeah. who gets some technician gunk on his... Yeah, he gets some gunk on his hands. Is that Walter? Is that his name? No, his what? name is Harry. But Stahlman Stahl- takes a long time. He takes a long time. The first technician takes a long time. Benton, no time at all. In my notes, I've written, why? Because he's the man. That's why. I love Benton. God, I hope he is listening. Oh, yeah, John well, Levine. I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean... I just want to hug John Levine. How do you feel about bagels, though? Bagels and anti-bagels? So, I've got a question. Let's just and launch or, into this. Let's launch into the big problem. Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah. Did Nicholas... What's his last Courtney. Name? Did Nicholas Courtney have a fucking moustache and then shave it off for anti-bagels? <laughs> or has, hitherto, he had a fake moustache? Oh, that and is And he a, took it off for that's anti-bagels. A very good, that's a very good question. Mm. I need a definitive answer. Uh, I reckon Nicholas Courtney was such a dude... Such was such a man that he could he could like literally like oh wait hang on Uh, so Nick here we go we're gonna shoot you as regular bagels with your mustache excellent yeah cut Uh, you know check the gate now we're gonna do another scene with you as anti bagels quick shave all right shoot it it's like ah shit we didn't really nail that first scene would you mind growing a mustache really quickly and he just clenches like "Mm," squeezes out a mustache just like. Pops out of his face really and he's like, I'm that. ready to go. Not only do I want that to be true, I really don't want the idea that all of the bagels we've seen up to this point and the bagels we'll see in the future have been fake mustaches. Have been fake mustaches because yeah. that mustache is fucking glorious. It is glorious. Did you notice at first that he didn't have a mustache as anti-bagels? Yes. I did not. It took me It took me like a good <laughs> few minutes. Did you notice he had an eye patch? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the eye patch... Okay, a bit of trivia right up top. First off, anti-bagels was Nick Courtney's favourite role on Doctor Who, ever. He just absolutely loved it. He smashed it. He really did. And there's that one scene where he, like a Bond villain, swings around in his chair and he's got the eye patch and no moustache and so on. He's got the scar. He's basically Blofeld, right? Yeah. And um, one of the takes in that scene, in fact, I think the take that we get to see of him, he swung around and just as a as a gag, everyone else in the room was also wearing an eye patch. <laughs> like uh, the doctor, evil Dr. Liz, everyone, right? Evil Benton. And Courtney just kept a poker face and he did the scene. <laughs> and uh, that became like a running gag. And then fast forward to, I, I can't remember which serial this is now, oh, sorry, which episode this is, but at some point later on in New Who, as an homage to that, I want to say Stephen Moffat had everyone in a parallel universe with an eye patch. <laughs> I think that's a Cyberman episode. Is that a Cyberman episode? A future punk, whatever it is, I'm yeah. popular here. Bing bong, future punk in here. I'm gonna read this one straight off Tardis Wikia. The um, eye patch story became so closely associated with Courtney that Stephen Moffat wrote scenes in which, quote, everybody was wearing an eye patch, end quote into the 2011 episode The Wedding of River Song as a tribute to Courtney who had died earlier that year.
sad bing bong. Full I like circle. that very much. Mm. Um, okay, so let's talk just general story. Okay. This is two stories, right? This, I mean, is, this is two, two stories. Two serials. In, a, in the same one. way as the evil of the world. Evil of the world. There were sort of like three fucking stories. Oh, wait, hang on. Are you that's thinking the of the... Yeah, that's not evil of the world. What's that it's called? called Master of the... No, oh, something of the... Oh. All right, if it's called evil of the world, you owe me a fiver. Okay. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> hang on. Wait, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Enemy of the world. Enemy of the world. I didn't even have to look it up. I just recalled just it. recalled it. Enemy of the okay, world. Sorry. Enemy of the world that had like those, what seemed like a couple of different... Yeah, yeah. In a similar way, but in a really pleasing manner. Yeah. I was glad that it wasn't just the straightforward drill, maniacal driller, person, professor, Bumbletron, Bumbletron 3, I think we're on at this Mark point. 3, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and, and the sort of petro-imperialism aspect and all that sort of bullshit. Sure. But actually, there was, we this have to talk about that, there was this parallel universe where, like, clearly it was like a Soviet fucking Cold War scariness. I mean, wait, hang on. So we have, we have three different stories. We yeah. don't just have those two. We have, yes, one dude digging for oil, except it's gas. Yeah. Yeah. We have the Morlocks because just the, the forget about the Morlocks, just the fact that he's drilling to the center of the earth is gonna blow up the earth, right? Yeah, I'm gonna say the Morlocks aren't a story. Oh really? Well they don't actually there's no Doesn't the doctor at one point say this is gonna spread? Like, it's going to spread like an epidemic and we're going to have a planet of Morlocks. Well, yeah, but, like, if you were a fucking... If you were managing this as a project yeah. and your issues were like, okay, so, Leon, we've got a couple of issues with the project. So, drilling's going really well. Drilling's going really well. So, we've got... We, we, we've got these uh, prehistoric... Uh, ooze monsters. Ooze monsters will, will running around. Yeah. Also, slight related matter, you might explode the Earth. Like, which are you going to fucking sort out first? Obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but... <laughs> you might crack the fucking mantle and we're all dead. Yes. I desperately want so to talk one, to you about so that. So one isn't well. even an issue. Fine, fine. To me, okay, it's still it's it's one of those like it, that's another foe, right? Like that's another potential end okay, of the yeah, world kind sure, of thing. Sure. Just like what was it? What was the serial that we saw where there was the epidemic? We we saw it in Marylebone. Everyone was collapsing. What was that? Do you remember? Super duper recently. I remember Marylebone. <laughs> I'm literally drawing a blank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hang on. Sorry. What was your question again? <laughs> My thing is that, so are you saying that there are two storylines? Are you yeah. saying there are three? Well, I mean, I, I think the Morlocks, they're a story as well. I, I feel like we shouldn't neglect them. I think They've been more... neglected for millions of years, <laughs> Nick. I, I think they're just devices. Don't be a like, racist. Just a device to like uh, for for peril, but they're not sure. necessarily a drive. The two things okay, that I fine. see is that you're about to crack the fucking earth mantle, and also the doc has found a parallel universe. But in that parallel universe, you have the same that parallel universes work, right? Yeah, right. in there we also have the Morlocks. We also have the threat of the yeah. world blowing up. But that's the thing; he's found himself a parallel universe that is the next one along. Yeah, um, where where actually the difference is the Second World War that instead of us winning, the royal family was assassinated and. There was a yeah. bloody coup. I don't who was who? Okay, so I don't think this is mentioned in the serial. Mm. I read this on Todd's Wikia. The guy I can't remember how, what he's referred to as, but the person who's sort of the leader. He may be called the leader actually. He might be because so there was brigadier leader or something. Uh, that's that's Le Bagel. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, and sure. then there's section leader who 
is Liz. Sure. Yeah, so I think everyone's a leader of some sort. Sure. Yeah, that's probably makes sense. Anyway, that guy, the guy whose face we just see on a poster, mm. that was intended to be Parallel Doctor. Shit. Ka-ching. There you go. How awesome is that, that for is trivia? Awesome if right. that's real. That's that's real. I think that turned up in a in a novelization at some Follow point. Follow question. Go for it. What happened to Parallel Doctor? Did he, he also he parallel evil. fuck off out somewhere else? No, he was evil. Parallel Doctor basically took over. So he was exiled so, so, to Earth, so, just like he yeah, was in yeah, our yeah, world. But in that doc- in that Earth, was there Parallel Doctor living it up in some palace somewhere? Being oh, you mean was he sent yeah, to a different? He, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Because oh, I see. Like, presumably, well, not presumably. I don't think like, so. In some regards, in some parallel universe. Sorry. Yeah. How do you, what's the fucking parallel? So it's not universe, it is. Dimension? Multiverse? I don't know. I don't know. What I'm saying is that some of those doctors also fucked off. I'm sure, yeah, but I don't think that's the case with this chap. I mean, it, it, the only reason our doctor, Pertwee Doctor, got sent to this other universe was because he was trying to channel all this nuclear power into his TARDIS console and, but, and it malfunctioned. But evil right? doctor, as in Nega doctor, yeah. could have done that. I, yeah, but he wasn't doing that. He was somewhere in his palace. He hadn't we don't know this. this yeah, but he saying. didn't have his TARDIS in that little storage room, right? Pertwee went to his storage facility. He had his car. He mm. was transported across with his car. Yeah, but maybe he just took it with him. Now he's the fucking king of the world or whatever. He could just be like, yeah, just install it in the palace. What I'm saying here uh, is that... I don't think so. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's just like... Whether Evil Doctor went to the other parallel universe or another universe entirely. Okay, fine. I mean, it, it's all academic. It's possible. Yeah. I don't think so. I think the idea is basically Evil Doctor is ruling that over been, this world. That is... If that's true, that's... It is true. I mean, awesome. it's true. Within the... Co- <laughs> yeah, within yeah. the canon. This happened, dude. <laughs> Study this is cool. With, with some other people that don't have lives like us, they figured it out. <laughs> exactly. Blow this thing wide open. Yeah. Okay, so here's another thing. They talk about paradoxes, right? They talk about how you're not allowed to... He, he wouldn't be allowed to bring evil anti-bagels uh, when, over when, to our universe. When evil bagel wants to come over and is, like, threatening him and says, you got to take me with you. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I, I can't do that because it will tear the fabric of the universe and we'll all die. Like, the whole universe will collapse. That's my note here. But Rise of the Cybermen, dude. Uh, in Rise of the Cybermen, yeah. we have people just flipping and flopping between uh, universes all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, that's it. All right, fine. Shut up, that's why. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, other stuff. Question for you. Go. How do you reckon... <laughs> How do you reckon Stallman of Stallman's Gas fame? <laughs> Excellent name, by the way. It's like, yeah, I'm famous for Stallman's Gas. That's my gas. Why would um, someone not fire him? <laughs> How how do you reckon Stallman composed his theory, his hypothesis that somewhere within the Earth's core, there was a gas and that that gas would be an infinite resource of power? I'm going to say nonlinear dynamics and modeling. Oh, oh. Uh, Checks out. I have no idea. But maybe some sort of mathematical modelling. But he's not even right, so it's bad maths. But it's like, it's... But do you know what? It's more... In fact, actually, when I was watching that, I was thinking, why are you guys just letting him drill with a nuclear drill, which isn't a thing? uh, Oh, it's a thing. Is it? I think you'll find there was a drill attached to that nuclear (laughs) plant. It is most definitely a thing. (laughs) Okay, let's say that. But what I'm saying is that... And then just like carte blanche without any fucking oversight. Even the oversight you put in place, the, the night... Of yeah. the fucking realm, Sir yeah. whatever. Sir Keith. Sir Keith. Um, doesn't seem to have any effect on this fucking, this, you know, Professor Bumbletrom the third. Yeah. Um, Two things. 
A. I just remembered what that cereal was that I didn't remember before with uh, Marleybone and everything. Go. It was um, Ambassadors of Death. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, where you had the last one. Yeah, where you had <laughs> uh, lots of different plots. You had the Ambassadors, but you also yeah. had, right, uh, an epidemic. Bing bong. Nope. The cereal that I meant to refer to was the Silurians, in which the Silurians spread a deadly disease that forms the B or, or possibly C plot. Bing bong. And number two, Sir Keith. We've encountered him on Who Back When before. Have we? Yes. In fact, we will encounter him in Doctor Who again. We've already encountered him in Doctor Who on Who Back When. Sir Keith played the colonel, the general, whatever. He played the chap who faked being in a wheelchair in The Unicorn and the Wasp. Fucking malingerer. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty cool. His name is Christopher Benjamin. He also will reappear in uh, The Talons of Weng Chiang. Yeah. Oh, wait, hang on. Uh, Sorry, one more thing. We have all also encountered him in an audiobook. Uh, he was in Grand Theft Cosmos as uh, Claudio Tardelli, the uh, not particularly convincing Italian chap. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Christopher Benjen- Benjamin, a bit of a Hoobian legend, I feel. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> Professor Stallman, who, you know, wants to do anything but Stallman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's digging for fucking gold that he doesn't necessarily... He's like yeah. Charles Bronson in The Great Escape. He's digging tunnels. I, yeah, I don't really get it. Um, I don't necessarily... Like, again, I think... It, it, it all makes much more sense in the 1970s climate. Uh, how so? Deep Cold War, deep resource issues, you know. Like, Wanting to find that perpetuum mobile that will drive the empire. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, okay. Against the Red Menace, the Red Menace being this fucking parallel universe. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is sort of awesome, actually. I dig that as an idea because it's it's almost it's a historical in my brain now. Like, well, you do. I mean, is it a meta historical? Sure, it might be a microcosm of certain values that were very much in the public consciousness in the seventies. And I dig that because when looking back as a as a new viewer, yeah, it's kind of like a window into a his, into history rather than Doctor Who with their normal historicals being like a you know a facsimile of history. Yeah. Like this yeah, is yeah. a this and now actually feels like a window into a history that existed because people needed you know do you know what I'm saying it's like a meta history I see I see what you're saying but I also recognise the risk like imagine if you will uh, every library in the world burns down there's no more internet but there is this recording <laughs> and in this like Mad Max future you will have those Mad Maxian uh, future <laughs> kids living in a cave somewhere talking about the big fly flies and the high scrapers and how the Morlocks approached, and like, <laughs> you've got to be very careful when you d- d- deem this a historical. Did you uh, like the Morlocks? You know what? Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, they're super redonkulous, but I, yeah, I like them. They're like uh, disco werewolves. <laughs> disco werewolves. <laughs> I love them, and you can't touch them. Like, I mean, th- how do you beat these guys with? Cold, that's how. <laughs> not even cold, because that's not... Fire extinguishers aren't that cold. No, these were. These were. <laughs> but, liquid nitrogen. <laughs> it's the 70s, won't give a shit. I'm, I'm pretty sure there are some cold ones. Uh, cold-ish, I guess, yeah, to a point. It's cold enough. These guys, they're running on Earth core, right? They are boiling up. They should burn through their skin and bone. No, 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 no. What, did you see it burn through their skin and bone? <laughs> no, it really didn't, so it shouldn't. <laughs> Logic. <laughs> I really like them. Yeah. I, it, it has that whole zombie feel, and this is why I said before, like, the Romero tropes.
Europe, the ones who take longer to turn into uh, primords, is that what they were primords. called? Primords. Yeah, so the ones that take longer to, to transform into primords, like uh, what's-his-face, Stallman, they do the Romero thing of, I'm going to hide it. Like, I know that I'm turning into something, but I'm going to hide it. Just like they've been bitten by a zombie and they're the guy in the back. And like, <laughs> I'm fine, guys. I've always had this limp, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Surely Stallman knows that he is effed in the A. But, or... Wait, hang on. Question for you. Do you think the like the mentality, the primordial mentality has already taken over in his psyche and he knows it and he deliberately does not want to fight it? No. No? I don't... Nothing else really points to that as a, like a... Um, no, I guess not. Like the physiology of that particular... I feel certain that he knows there are primords. He's seen one at some point, right? Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Mm, no, you might be right. I don't know. Did you like anti-what's-his-face then? Anti-Stallman who wears sunglasses? is indoors <laughs> he's such a cool guy I just love the fucking I, I couldn't take myself out of the like the costume decisions yeah oh like, like, <laughs> so Lethbridge Stewart get rid of that moustache <laughs> Liz Shaw you're gonna need a blunt fridge blunt <laughs> fridges are evil <laughs> uh, I've just written down evil legs in ridiculous wig yeah <laughs> not in any ridiculous wig but just like also if you furrow your brow even at all you're fired yeah <laughs> like, if you show any expression on your face you're super fired yeah <laughs> stop throw some glasses on I've, I've made another uh, i wish they had like black lab coats instead like oh really ham that shit up yeah exactly like it completes yeah. uh, every, every scientist is in blackface yes <laughs> Or just black scientists. That would have been different. Uh, excuse me, BBC in the 70s? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I made a note about the parallel universe. I said, oh, of course women are in positions of authority in the evil dimension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> also, how long does the doctor take to figure out what he's had? I know. It's such an annoyingly long time. Yeah, I mean, Yeah. <laughs> what? Why? Whom does he encounter the first? He encounters some unit soldiers. Unit soldiers, and then Liz. Liz is the one that draws a gun on him. Yeah, exactly. Him at whatever. this point, surely the doctor, who is incredibly observant, will have realised that the uniforms don't say unit anymore; they say something else, mm. whatever they would call. I can't remember, like World Security Force or something. Also, uh, the flip to for Liz to want to send him back, yeah, to fix the other world. Yeah, there does he? No, only maybe. Uh, maybe it's just. I, I mean, I'm I'm guessing. That is just a way of getting the audience on your side. You know, I mean, the BBC's audience. Everyone really wants the uh, the companion to be inherently good. You know, That's there's something em empirically good about a companion. Sure, I get that as an idea. But, like, I was thinking, if I was Liz and I just found out... <laughs> That that whole multiverse thing yeah. is, is true. Yeah, that I couldn't even fucking comprehend. Yeah, my whole reality is about to implode on itself. Shazam! I'm like, hey, <laughs> have you thought about parallel universe B? Because I was like, no, I didn't even know that shit existed. Fuck these people! <laughs> <laughs> I don't exist in like the next ten minutes. Fuck everything. <laughs> I mean, just to let you know where my head is at, podcast like. <laughs> but if you need a martyr, I am not that dude. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> Maybe it was just uh, that evil Liz wanted to be a contrarian because she is also in defiance of anti-bagels. Right, mm. and anti bagels is you know fervently on the side of fuck the other universe, bring me there now. 
I mean, I call them nega bagels, but nega bagels, nega bagels. Where, where does nega come from? Is that nega, like that sounds negative? Like a, nega. Yeah, yeah, um, but like the that, using nega as a Japanese thing. I was going to say, is like a manga. Yeah, is that of video games? I think. Oh, I see. Yeah, and it's like the negative version. I think it turns up in Scott Pilgrim. Oh, actually, yeah, it does, yeah. doesn't it? Mm, Nega. Although it just sounds slightly racist, so no one likes to say it. Yeah. I mean, there is someone in our audience right now who's going, did they just drop the N-word? Maybe? No, we did not. No, we didn't. Okay, returning to the story, there's a um, another female character. I can't remember her name now. She's the assistant to, uh, what's his face? She's assistant to Starman. Yes, Vera, Vera, Vela, Valda, Vera, Vela, Vela. Yes, uh, Petra. <laughs> <laughs> on the money. <laughs> yeah. Spot on, buddy. <laughs> My notes are impeccable. <laughs> Petra. Okay, I'm going to hit you up with just... God damn it. So I've brought her up before. Have you? Yes, on Doctor Who as a quote-unquote trivia point. And at the time, you basically just pulled out your dick and just like helicoptered me. Uh, just like, that ain't trivia, buddy. Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> so Petra is played by Sheila Dunn. Sheila Dunn was married to the director of this, Doug Camfield, who also directed, I believe, The Invasion, in which she appeared the last time as the voice of the computer. She was also seen in... Uh, uh, the Dalek's master plan as someone called Blossom. Do I remember who Blossom is? Of course I don't. But this is a sentence you read, so now you need to commit. I get that. Okay, so frankly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't really trivia. It's not really trivia. No. <laughs> anyway, she's married to the director. That's nice. And we have nice encountered her twice before. There you go. I'll, I'll cut the thing about the helicopter. If their grandkids <laughs> ended up being in a fucking Doctor Who, I'll give you that. I'll give. I will retrospectively. What well, is it? Isn't it just as uh, trivia worthy? Trivia worthy as uh, Chris Benjamin, Sir Keith. No, I mean we've encountered him before on Doctor Who. Petra, Sheila Dunn, same shiznit. There you go. And she was married to the director. We're going to need to draw a line at some point as to what counts as a worthy, sure, like the thing is because it's just the BBC. So they've got ten actors. I know, uh, and, and I mean, it's said in the in <laughs> it's filmed in either England or Wales. That like maybe a dozen, a baker's dozen, <laughs> actually working on screen. Yeah, you're right. But back in the day when uh, uh, JD was a frequent host on this, he would very often turn up and have these like, uh, oh, and we have a Doctor Who connection, and that would be a prior appearance of one of these people. And I feel it's very noteworthy because okay, we've already seen Dalek's Monster Plan and the Invasion. We've already gone through those, but when we go and watch and review the talents of Wang Shiang, for example, I'm going to go Christopher Benjamin. That's my dude. And I'm going to be like, who the shit is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, who about Gwen listeners? I've watched so much Doctor Who at this point, more yeah. than I thought I would have. And I was a big, well, I thought was a big fan, but it actually turns out yeah. listening to your much more insightful fucking reviews, I'm just, <laughs> I'm a casual. But like, as we go through this, and we point out more things, I'm filling up my brain with these fucking yeah. actors. It's what taking, it's taking uh, space in your brain away from something else. Away from something else. That, the next time you're in a conference call or something at work, and they're like, so Nick, that, that one ticket that we had to rush through engineering, uh, I mean, how did that, you know, did that get resolved? Have you signed off the budget? Shit, I can't remember, but I mean... Did Chris you Benjamin. know the actress that played Petra was married to... <laughs>
Anyway, so Petra is, uh, as a character, to me, is quite interesting because mm. she's half of the love story. There's the you have the pairing of Petra and what's his face, the guy Sutton. Sutton, yeah, you're right, Sutton. Thank you. Who's the drill expert? Which is such bullshit, by the way. Because he's, he's, he's the like the drill safety expert. Oh, uh, whatever. I like him. I like him as well. Uh, aside from the redonkulous sexism, mm. I mean. So that's what interests me. Sutton meets Petra, and he immediately just goes like, mm, yeah, I'd like me a slice of that pie. He, sa- he tells her to her face, can I borrow you for a bit? Hi. How do you do? All the better for seeing you, Petra. Perhaps you could help me settle in the place. How do you mean, Mr. Sutton? Well, you know, show me round, dash off a few letters. Perhaps I could borrow you for a bit. Holy smokes. And then what, like a day later? How long a time passes over the course of this serial? Let's call it a day and a half. Call it a day weekend. Okay, fine. She's in love with... I mean... Son, you might not know much about this sort of drilling. But I was going to say, there's something about that drill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He definitely knows about laying pipe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he takes a dump on her? <laughs> That's not what that means. That's not what that means at all. Americans, help me out with what laying pipe means. I know, I know. <laughs> What's the other one, though? There's a... <laughs> I, I don't know what the shitting on people is. <laughs> no, it's no. definitely your bag. There's a, oh. In Swedish, you can see that you're laying a cable. cable. That's pooping. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. That's, not that's, a thing that's that, where my mind went. That's not a thing that translates. <laughs> 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 I'm never going to hire a Swedish cable layer. <laughs> it's never going to be a thing. On the topic of sexism, couple of sound bites. Here we go. Numero uno. Now you want us to proceed at a snail's pace like a pack of cautious old women. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go on a limb here. Go on a terrible limb because I'm the liberal bastion of this fucking podcast. What? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Fuck you. I'm the most progressive person on this damn podcast. What? But I feel like... <laughs> I feel like uh, a bunch of old women are generally doddery. I mean, a bunch of old men. Old people are doddery. I see your comeback. I raise you soundbite number two. For safety margins are for cautious old women like Sir Keith. Yeah, that's harder to defend. Yeah, how do you like them apples? <laughs> um, Go for how it. do we feel about the resolution? So the doctor, Jim back, just fucking up machinery like that would do anything. I'm trying to recall. So he comes back to our universe. Yeah. He, he, sabotages he sabotages the computer or something. The Starman turns into a prime mod. Yeah. Him, everyone's cool. They stop the machinery. Uh, Sir Keith vows to... Well, so, no, Sir Keith... Is Sir Keith the one that they was supposed to die in a car accident? He does in one universe, but doesn't in the other. No, that's not Sir Keith, is it? Oh, no, it is Sir Keith. Sir You're Keith right, does. it is Sir Keith. But one of them vows to full, fill in the shaft, which, you know, if it goes to all the way to fucking mantle, I don't know how you'd even approach There's that. a lot of... Um, I felt the, the ending was surprisingly... Uh, I mean, it's quite meaningful. It's quite profound in a way. I mean, we, we even though they're not our bagels, I mean, anti-bagels and anti-Liz and they, anti-Benton. They died for our sins. Well, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. But I mean, we do see that entire world ending and we do see representatives of that entire world in quite familiar faces dying. Mm. Uh, and some of them dying for us, so to speak. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a, that part of it was quite powerful. The end with Stormont turning into a primal, that was just fun. 
Yeah. You know, that was that was Monster of the Week fun. I'm happy with it. I, I don't really remember what happens at the very end, don't they? Oh, wait, no, now I remember. It ends on a gag, because the doctor tries to um, transport oh, yeah, out, and he, and he turns up... into the garbage tip. Exactly, yeah. Which I liked. I mean, mm. it, it was the sick. Also, I think the second time in a row that we've had exactly something like that. Uh, was it also in Ambassadors of Death? Where he goes into the TARDIS and um, we hear all the noise. There's tons of smoke billowing out of it. And then he comes out and goes, like, oh, yeah, you caught me, busted. I tried to escape, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Bing bong. Nope, that was in Spearhead from Space, the first of the Pertwee serials. Bing bong. Um, um, uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. You didn't? Oh, no, I was I was fine with it. I was sad to see the other universe go. That's the more compelling aspect. Yeah. It was Didn't it look fantastic? It by looked the way? fantastic. Bagels was great. Lishaw was was good. Like and, and actually probably they flamed out in such a way that made me want the left them left me wanting more. Yeah. You know? Um in a way that when we saw normal bagels, normal Lishaw, I was actually pretty disappointed. I was like, Oh, oh yeah. Oh, well guys. at the very least your doppelgangers left beautiful corpses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But just speaking of production values, that looked gorgeous. It looked good. I mean when the earth when when there's an earthquake and the you know the weird composite shot of the lava approaching the the garage doors yeah. it looked spectacular, like really well done. Primords looked a bit shit. Primords looked terrible, <laughs> but I liked that as well. I mean, the the Morlocks looked terrible in Time Machine, right? They looked creepier in Time Machine than they, than these. Mm. The the Primords they look like a cross between original Time Machine Morlocks and the vampires in Omega Man. Yeah, okay, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I think we should probably then jump into reviews. Okay, hang on. I'm, I'm just going to uh, scour my notes, see if I've got something else. Did you like the sonic door handle? Nope. Incredibly impractical device. It's a bullshit. It was like, and, and then at some point when it doesn't work, I'm like, you know, we just had normal door handles, like analog door handles, and they worked fucking fine. <laughs> Okay, fine. <laughs> I really dislike that. Okay, we start the serial. Again, I'm just... Uh, I've, I've only read the start of this note. It may not be a good note by the end of it, all right? So don't hold this against me. Fucking <laughs> hell. It's Petra all over again. But my very first note is, uh, Doc sings La Donna Immobile in the beginning yeah. when he's in the car, which we've heard him sing before in the shower when he first turned into Pertwee. Yeah. And which apparently, I can't remember if someone told us this in the trivia, I think so. Uh, sorry, in the listener minis, that we then later on hear Matt Smith sing that when he's, um, what's it called? When he's got a flatmate's, there's a whole... Uh, the Lodger. That's the one. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and in my note, by the way, I've written, uh, Doc sings La Donna Mobile, cut to blue collar worker whistling nondescript working class dizzy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Opera's not for everyone. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What else? What else? What else? One switch to rule the whole nuclear power facility. Like literally one switch. I mean, eventually it all has to boil down to one switch, right? <laughs> well, in some dude's office, there's like one thing that controls the entire entire outputs of the uh, nuclear power facility. What's that plugged into? Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Just switches all the way down. Okay, another soundbite. We get a Batman reference. So that's the contraption, is it? The console, Mr. Sutton. The console. Well, I thought it would be a bit more impressive than that. What did you expect? Some kind of space rocket with Batman at the controls? Shit, I missed that entirely. Really? That is Pertwee referencing Batman, meaning Batman <gasps> exists in this universe. <laughs> 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 
Wow, that's what it sounds like when you come, does it? <laughs> Batman! Batman. Batman was name-checked. Does that mean, does that mean there is a world, there's a parallel universe where do- the Doctor is Batman? Well, yeah, obviously. That Infinite universes, there's a parallel universe. And there is also a universe where everyone is Batman but the Doctor. This will make you very happy. There's a parallel universe where you are Batman and the Doctor is Robin. There you go. But You're welcome. Uh, actually, so this came up with Rory, Rawmeister. Yeah. I said this to him once. It's like, there's a parallel universe where I'm Batman and he said, there's a parallel universe where everyone's Batman but you. <laughs> What a prick. <laughs> I love Rory. The fucker. <laughs> Such a dick sometimes. That's great. <laughs> uh, another note. Perhaps you'd get a comment. <laughs> Luger. Gone of the future. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there so many Lugers around? <laughs> this must have been like the go-to non-English gun prop that it they really, had. It really was. I remember having like a Luger pistol toy. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, like it was just like the slightly exotic German-esque, you know, like, I don't know. It was sure. Just like a weird gun. <laughs> Like a weird, evil gun. Okay, really weird, completely unrelated, might cut this. When Miriam and I were in Italy the last time, no, not the last time, well, we, when we went to Venice. You bought a gun. No, we, we stayed in, um, we thought it was going to be like an Airbnb, just like we get a flat, but it turned out we had a room in someone's flat. It was like a B&B, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, the first morning, we like we, we get up, we're going to have our breakfast, we're just waiting for everything to be served and whatever. We just sort of have a poke around not a poke around like have a look around the living room and there was an honest to god luger on just a table i took a picture of it and it just like uh why is there a luger in the living room <laughs> uh, and we had our breakfast and then we left and we came back like after whatever the luger was gone the luger was gone fuck off yeah really i'm not kidding oh god <laughs> and you slept <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool, eh? Shit. I thought that was pretty rad. I mean, like, crazy. Can we get an early yeah. checkout? Or- <laughs> <laughs> uh, holy smoke, Rudy's and cheesecakes. There's one thing we haven't talked about. Venusian karate. Venusian karate telepis. <laughs> I think I tweeted it. Um, Venusian karate is just like an intimate massage. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's a little bit like the Vulcan neck pinch. It's exactly it? like the uh, fucking... Like, well, they've just nicked that. Yeah, but then this does come up later as well. I, I've seen I've seen the next serial. I think that's where... They still just nicked it. Like. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he does get a little bit more like... You missed that entire visual thing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, not one of those podcasts isn't really good for this. No. Like, imagine... Uh, ima- I looked very macho. <laughs> Elvis Presley doing karate, and then Leon, many years later, doing an impersonation. Of Elvis Presley doing karate, karate. yeah. <laughs> okay, so he- here's the thing. I thought... I just looked it up. I'm right. So, uh, <laughs> I thought that it was called Venusian Aikido and not Venusian Karate, and uh, was quite sort of taken aback when I when I heard it mentioned or referred to as Karate in this one. I was like, oh shit! I must have just not known that. I've literally just looked it up. I'm right. It's called Venusian Aikido, but according to Todd's Wiki, it says in brackets, sometimes called Venusian Karate. Shit what? Just racist? Yeah. I mean, not racist. The shit is that meant to be? Yeah. I'm pretty sure when I tweeted it, it was Venusian Karate. Yeah, it is called Venusian Karate in this serial. That's the thing. That's the weird thing but then i guess later on steven seagal turns up like, oh yeah yeah in the world yeah and then aikido becomes a thing oh i oh do you think that's what it I is think that's exactly what happens in so when aikido somewhere. becomes popular it's steven seagal sure i mean I'm, I'm i'm gonna go out on a limb and say steven seagal probably voted for trump if it weren't for that my hero <laughs> i'm gonna go out on a limb and say steven seagal next doctor get out of my <laughs> <laughs> Now, Steven Seagal is pretty rad. I mean, he's a, he's a junky guy. He's a cop. 
<laughs> he's, he's a chunky guy. He's a cop. Yeah. Have you not seen this? No. So, okay, well, this is has nothing to do with Doctor Who. Fuck it, it's worth it. So, Steven Seagal, you know, over the uh, over the past few decades, he's there's there's one. Sorry, there are two constants in his life. One is he will always be incredibly zen. Like he is the most zen person. And the second constant is he will always continue to increase in weight. And, and uh, yeah, there, are, there are some constants you're missing here. No, no, so he's, he's constantly going away. He's constantly zen. Yeah. He's constantly orange. Like, he gets more orange. He's going to be terracotta by the time he's <laughs> <we're> done. <laughs> what? All right. I've not noticed that. He is but, an orange motherfucker. <laughs> and terrorists follow him wherever he goes. Yes, that, absolutely. But on top of that, he had a reality TV show where he was working as a law enforcement officer. I shit you not. And there was just a camera following him around and he'd just like arrest people with Aikido. And it was actual fucking arrests were happening. That cannot be and real. like nine out of ten arrests, the guy would just look up at him and go like, are you Steven Seagal? You, that's not a real thing. I am not kidding. We are looking this up. <laughs> not real. You've been hoodwinked it, again by Steven Seagal. If there's it's ever very a possible, problem with your life, it is super you possible need to that stop this fooled by Steven Seagal. Siege Why do and people siege keep telling me this? And not documentaries. It is very possible that the whole thing is staged i don't care i don't care <laughs> i've never seen an episode i've seen some youtube clips it was, that was it if i ever see a whole episode i will just never stop orgasming bing bong <laughs> i just double checked this on imdb uh, it is true it's called steven seagal lawman uh, here's what imdb says about it a reality series that follows action star steven seagal's adventures as a fully commissioned deputy <laughs> With the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office in Louisiana. <laughs> so I, I, I just YouTubed a few clips of it. It is hilariously shit. <laughs> um, so that's Steven Seagal, lawman, uh, with a colon. So just to clarify, that's Steven Seagal, colon, lawman. <laughs> Bing bong. All taquito. <laughs> okay. Uh, Shall we go into ratings? Fuck. <laughs> the last two minutes have been like one massive All headline. Steven <laughs> And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Okay, here are some things that I like. <laughs> I like the parallel universe as a as a trope. Uh, I like the Morlocks as oh sorry, not the Morlocks, the Prime Mords as this ridiculous monster of the week. But I, I I have said it before on on Who Back When. Love zombies. Love that kind of element. It works for me. There are so many things that work for me. Bagels, anti bagels in particular, is amazing, and I feel in many parts kind of steals the show is a very multifaceted story i think it's very entertaining it just lacks in logic in parts and maybe is a little bit too long so i'm gonna give this a 3.8 so it's definitely fucking too long like seven episodes of basically any fucking doctor who at this point is too fucking i don't know that there will be a story where i can accommodate three and a half hours of the same story and it'd be cool um having said that this iteration of a seven fucking story arc uh, episode arc is pretty good Mm. nega bagels definitely steals the show it's full awesome short changed by every bagels probably that comes (laughs) hither too but i should like i said it's that sort of um leaving you wanting more that that sort of you know that 
what could have been, you know, a really interesting set of things that had to crumble in front of us. Deeply, deeply interesting. And the peril seemed real when the whole fucking world is collapsing around you. And you had to go, you know, go to the next one, go back home to, to you know, bit quantum leapy. With all that being, so with all that in, in, instead, I actually thought the doc, I thought Pertwee was very good. Um, you know, beyond some bumbling, Starmon could give a shit about, Primals I could give a shit about. Mm. This leads me all to a solid, very solid, 3.5. All right. Very fair. It, it, just to add to both of our reviews, we didn't really talk about Liz Shaw. This is her last appearance. She is. So yeah. I didn't... I'm not done with Liz Shaw yet. Nor I. I didn't know. I didn't know that this was Liz Shaw's last appearance until after I had seen the serum. I, I saw it on TARDIS Wikia. Farewell, Liz Shaw. Well, she was amazing, right? She really was. And she was just not well written. You know, like, she, again, another women character that could have been much more expansive and better. Sure. But, but, but on top of that, she's also... I, the thing is, I've already seen the next serial, and I'm assuming that at some point, either the production team or the script editor or whoever, someone made wanted to make a point of this. And they actually... Shall I spoil this? There's just, like, one line. Sure. Um, he gets a new companion, obviously. I think it's Bagel's tells him like no 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 the kind of companion that you need is literally just someone who hands you a beaker like someone who hands you a test tube that's the kind of companion you need not someone who knows science and shit and that I think sucks. that's I know I think that's a problem I think she was too strong a female character for 1970s audiences mm. and, and it just didn't work or possibly for the BBC execs maybe they just were like no 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 we're not gonna go there right uh, let's have a damsel in distress instead and it's a shame because I you're right they could have done so much more with her character but what little they did was already tremendously interesting yeah yeah, yeah. it's hard to get in touch that's the that's one of the more difficult things about who back when as an initiative going all the way back through is like we have 27 teen ideals and we're much more progressive yeah and to objectively understand where right you know i like to bag on it as much as anyone but it must have been a relatively difficult if you were a quite progressive writer a relatively difficult page to commission episodes for probably yeah anyway yeah all right. Mini uh, reviews? Farewell, Liz Shaw. Yeah. Ta-ta. Listener minis. Okay, so we have a whole bunch of uh, listener minis. I feel like a record has been reached. This is the most listener minis that I can remember. It may be. Mm. It's definitely close to it. Yeah, so the thing is, ladies and gents, we have so many listener minis for this one that we're pretty much going to go ahead and truncate all of them. I mean, more or less, anyway. You'll you'll see in a moment. But So please, 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 go to who whobackwhen.com, find this episode, you're probably streaming it off this page anyway, and read these minis in their entirety because they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah, each one of them has something Has something different to, say, yeah. to offer. I mean, really, really good stuff. Okay, let's start with something that isn't uh, entirely a review. It is, however, one of the best synopses uh, that you could possibly read of this serial, and it comes from, no surprise there, from Paul Forber, uh, that is at Wordsmith Paul. Hello, Paul. Hey, Paul. Thank you very much for sending that in. So, ladies and gents, for those of you who haven't seen the serial or for those of you who have and maybe want to read something slightly more structured and you feel rightly so that Nick and I haven't provided a proper synopsis <laughs> of it, <laughs> our beast cow maybe didn't cut it, go and read Paul's synopsis. Thanks, Paul. Thank you very much. Moving on to our first uh, review. Are you about to get blessed? <laughs> it is Trenton Bless. And he says, go for it, Nick. Yeah, again, truncated. If I had to describe 
Inferno in one word, I would call it intense. The story is gripping and dark at times, and it had me all the way through. It's maybe the only serial from season seven I watched more than five times to date. John Pertwee shines as the Doctor, cementing himself in the role for the next four seasons. He never falters, and the way he makes his authority known is so good. Trending goes on, the sideways Earth concept was brilliant, and the parallel brigadier, excuse me, the brigade leader, Liz and Benton, were portrayed wonderfully. Nick Courtney was maybe the best as his parallel self. One major problem I have with this serial was the Prime Mords. Not to say I didn't like them, but at times they felt like they weren't part of the original concept. I checked, they weren't. But at the same time, this serial needed a monster, and these hairy fellas fill the bill. If not for them, this serial could maybe only be four episodes long. My final rating, says Trenton, is 4.1 out of 5. I found this serial to be a fitting end for season 7 and the first season of Pertwee's era. Thanks, Trenton. Trenton yeah. does go on to say that he'll be perhaps contributing less to the classic Who's, but we'd like to see more of his reviews on new Who's, so tune in for that. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. Thank you very much, and ladies and gentlemen, you can say hi to Trenton online. He is at Trenton Bless. That's Bless with two S's. So, new listener. Matt! Or at least a new contributor. Long-time listener. Long-time listener, he says, yeah. Hello, Matt. Glad to have you on board. Yeah. And Matt, insightfully, says, or, well, there's more to it, by the way. Just truncated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All I knew going in about Inferno was that it had the reputation of being a a bit of a classic, and boy, did it love up to the reputation. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought that trapping the Doctor in the alternate universe with both the Doctor and Unit trying to figure out exactly what was going on simultaneously in different dimensions was a brilliant premise, even if they ended up not doing nearly as much as they could have with it. The episode then follows that twist up with what is perhaps my favourite action scene in Doctor Who up to this point, with the Alt-Briggs, nice, very nice, (laughs) Alt-Briggs men chasing after the Doctor Doctor, hopefully we can get more action scenes of this caliber in the future. Yeah, very true. Uh, Also, good point about the parallel dimension. Right, so he goes on. From that point on, the episode grabbed hold of me and simply didn't let go. Don Houghton does a great job of keeping the tension up for the story's entire seven-episode length and ends it on a scene that made me laugh out loud, with the Doctor having to come back and ask the Brigadier for help immediately after insulting him. This definitely makes my list of favorite stories so far. 4.8! Out of five, says Matt. Woof, man. Holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes. You know there's nowhere to go now, Matt. Like from here on in you, four point it's going to be a millstone but hopefully we can top it no that, that was that's awesome oh, yeah. fair enough I mean if you're if the very first thing that you're going to review in let's say New Who is going to be blink right yeah. or turn left if you're sufficiently moved exactly to, yeah I get you yeah just whip it out <laughs> uh, awesome thank you so much Matt awesome awesome stuff next up we're going through these in reverse chronological order by the way ladies and gents next up is Gamer 82 Steven 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 haven't done that in so long hello steven from you so steven again in a in a truncated uh, fashion says inferno is from what i've read considered a classic among classic who that said i'm honestly not sure how i feel about it Ooh. same steve the parallel universe stuff was cool and for better or worse serves to introduce the concept of doctor who for later use uh, yet it is also it also felt a lot like a padding when either the doctor visits a parallel universe or furry heat zombies <laughs> could have been sold enough that uh, uh, hold enough stories all on their own that's, that's a fair point um then there's stallman s gamer goes on i didn't need more than a few 
few seconds to realize he was going to be our stubbornly insist on completing the work regardless to risk <laughs> to human life and planet Earth guy. I did not expect him to be the full-blown antagonist he was in the end, however. Still, he got so maniacal with his project, he honestly reminded me of Professor Zaroff from Fear of the Deep. Oh, super good reference! Is that Professor Bumbletron the fourth in now? Or he, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think so. Bing bong, future bonkin here. Professor Zaroff was uh, actually in The Underwater Menace, not Fury from the Deep, but they're both excellent references. Zaroff claimed to want to raise Atlantis from the bottom of the ocean, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he wanted to do this by drilling into the Earth's core as well, and... and <laughs> I may be misremembering this. Pouring ocean water into the hole or something. Um, but his plan would actually have blown up the Earth, or cracked it or whatever. And in Fury from the Deep, the, the head honcho there refused to halt his drilling activities... Uh, for natural gas, I think. Although it had awakened deadly, mind-controlling sea foam monsters and a, and a race of seaweed creatures. Uh, okay, bing bong, back to the show. That's a that's a really, really good parallel. Absolutely. Zaroff does very much the same thing, except he's, you know, he's drilling into, <laughs> into the ocean bed. Uh, anyway, Steve goes on, so obsessed with succeeding, he didn't care about anything else. This wouldn't be so bad, except and everyone clearly knew he was going out of his mind, yet nobody but Sir Keith seemed interested in doing much to stop him until episode 7. My final rating for Inferno is 2.2. Nine. Oh, it was oh. interesting and had some high points, like seeing parallel u- versions of the cast, but the serial feels like the writers took two ideas that could have been great on their own and mixed them together to the detriment of both plots. Holy smokeroonies. Eskimer. I like your fortitude because yeah, I think I'm... I, I think I, he's the most sober of us all. I err on the side of Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think Stephen may be the most realistic of us all with I try, this rating. Well, I think he, he may be where where i mean certainly not to put words on anyone else's mouth but where we've been seduced by a moustacheless brigadier yeah um he he's and all these wonderful like. tropes all these classic elements parallel universe zombie werewolf disco guys yeah having said that that takes nothing away from matt who clearly has, it, it, has thought about this long enough yeah uh, and loves it yeah. As do we, by the way. Yeah. Fuck it. Forget everything we just said. Yeah. <laughs> do you. Do you, boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the plane, Indy. Stop the plane. <laughs> Pull up. Right. Okay. S-Gamer, wonderful mini. Thank you so much for sending that in. Ladies and gents, you can obviously high-five S-Gamer online. If you're not following him already, which I, I'm assuming that you already do, but if you don't, you can. He is at S-Gamer82. That is 82, the number. Next yeah. up... Peter Zed. Zunich! <laughs> One of the three integral Zeds. Yes, very, very true. Peter writes, Inferno draws from a strong, albeit predictable, script interesting sets and locations and a massive ensemble cast, all of whom put in an amazing performance. From soldier to background technician, everyone is taking the story seriously. Peter goes on, The CSO of the lava was quite intimidating. Was it CSO? A composite shot something, possibly? I think it's cobras, sharks, and otters. Otters? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Other ostriches. There you go. The Cobra Society of Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> Classic 
sepulchrum organization. <laughs> yeah, anyway, okay. Sorry, Peter. Peter goes, the CSO of the lava was quite intimidating, but not everything worked as well. The alternate universe was a crotch, although forgivable. Even the pipe leaking a compound that mutates people wouldn't have bothered me had they cut the line about it causing de-evolution. Fair. That is a very fair rewrite suggestion, uh, Peter. Really, really well done. Uh, he goes on, it's just this stuff that exists deep in the earth. Leave it at that! The less it's examined, the better. The makeup was weak as well. We needed less Wolfman and more mutant in the cell. Finally, we could all have done with 90 fewer repetitions of, no, I'm not going to stop drilling. I'm accelerating it. <laughs> fair point. Ultimately, though, it's the bright light interrogation that earns the retro reshoot award. It was staged poorly, stiffly <laughs> oh, acted, so and a weekly shot. Super true. <laughs> Flaws aside, the multi-layered writing means it actually improves the mul- uh, multiple rewatches. Thus, Inferno earns a green goo in the number two by four point two. That is a classic Peter said oh, right there. Nice, wonderful. Thank you so much, Peter. That is a huge number. For, yeah, uh, for what, what I thought was a relatively scathing. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was going to go downhill there. No, that was a wonderful mini. Uh, yes, so true. The interrogation yeah, one. Oh, awful. that scene is like the doctor should at any point in that scene just be looking up at them and going like, seriously, do you have nothing more than a forty watt bulb? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Peter. Next up, it's Rudolph. What up, Rudolph? Sup, dudes. We we may have encountered him before as Grant, aka Rudolph. I will say that Grant. Grant. <laughs> Hello, Grant. So, Grant mentions that due to the sheer number of trivia I've got, I'm foregoing my review and just dumping some trivia I think you'll love. Yeah, and and uh, we had a read through these uh, just a moment ago, obviously, and we've actually covered some of some of these bullet points uh, in our review, so we're just going to skip to the, the new and amazing ones. So, Douglas Camfield is credited as director, although the only directed uh, he only directed the location work. Unfortunately, he suffered a heart attack and was hospitalised. Yeah. The majority of the story was directed Directed by Barry Letts, who remained uncredited for the work. Sheila Dunn, who played Petra Williams, was married to Canfield. So massive props to her giving such a performance, despite her husband being incredibly ill. Wow. See, that's well, trivia, Ponkin. Yeah, no. That shit is trivia right there. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, you can give Grant a medal without shitting on me at the same <laughs> time, Nick. I'm just saying. <laughs> but yes, that is very true. That is, that's amazing trivia. And also, holy smokes, right? Maybe uh, informed the great performance because she was good. She was very good. Talk about you know that the show must go on. Wow, well done, Sheila Dunn. Uh, well done, Sheila Dunn. Grunt goes on. This is also the last time that we will see the original TARDIS console having been in continuous use since 1963. The prop was falling about and being held together only by duct tape and sheer force of will. Uh, subsequently, the prop was broken up for scrap and a new redesigned console was introduced the next year. Nice. Nice. Sweet, sweet trivia. Mm, Yeah. Thank you very much, Rudolph, if that's really your name. (laughs) (laughs) Next up. The second. The second. But equally important, Zed. Okay. Chris. Chris Zed. Chris Zed. Sup, dude. So, Chris says, The doctor and his companions are witnessing a crazed supervisor who can't see reason as he forces his company to continue drilling deeper and deeper despite the numerous problems. Even when people die, the harm boss doesn't care and makes people work harder. The drilling eventually leads to something that is changing the behaviours of people and the drill team. That was an interesting story when Troughton did it in Fury from the Deep. 
But this was made slightly better by the interesting parallel world story. However, I would have preferred it if they would have just done the parallel world stuff as its own serial. I gave Fury from the Deep a 1.7, and this does it slightly better in my opinion. I'll give an even keeled 2.0 for plot and an extra 1.0 for parallel world stuff, with a one deduction for the doc being an ass and trying to abandon everyone while things were going to shit. Hence, 2.9. Nice, nice. one, Chris. Yeah, like, thank you very much, Chris. I like the composition of your, your review because some of that is to do with writing and and then one is just like how the character acts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love that. Also, the second time that Fury from the Deep has been brought up now, I can't believe I didn't think of it. It's, it's so true. It's so incredibly true. I'm, hang on, before we move to our last mini... I really just want to see what did I give Fury from the Deep. I'm just very, very curious. Fury from the Deep. <laughs> so Fury from the Deep. It could have had a fall. <laughs> Fury from the Deep was a, uh, a... I did that as a solo mission. It's a lost one. And I gave that a 3.1. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So it kind of tallies. All right. Here we go. The final. The final. And Z. possibly most important, but who knows, right? Like, we can't rank them. It's not, it's not possible. I feel like you're ranking them. I, I feel like you're ranking them. Oh, right. I did mean to. I did mean to. <laughs> Dr. Zed. Dr. Zed. Hello, Aaron. How you doing, Aaron? Right, so Aaron, as always, has a, a lovely set of random thoughts plus a, a nice little review. So read it all in its entirety, but we're just going to give a, a slightly truncated version of the, the review and then the random thoughts. So Aaron says, It's an entertaining story, and Bagels is a fine-looking dude with or without a moustache. So the more screen time, the better. I give it a shimmer. Oh, a shimmering. A simmering 3.5 out of 5. I find which that is l- my, my yeah. uh, review. It is, isn't it? Yeah. You're, you're rating. Yeah, spot on. <laughs> Couldn't agree more about uh, bagels. Do you really need to objectify him, Aaron? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, yes. I'm, I'm obviously kidding. Yeah, and I agree. All right, so Aaron has provided the, um, the following random thoughts. Let's uh, ping pong these bullet points, Nick. First off, what kind of industrial maintenance guy just sticks his bare fingers into <laughs> mystery ooze? He kind of deserves his fate. <laughs> yep. John Pertwee does some pretty amazing gr- gurning in this story. <laughs> Fuck you, Sutton, for being <laughs> such a sexist douche and for apparently inducing Stockholm Syndrome in this otherwise competent scientist. <laughs> yes, thank you, Aaron. Thank you very much, Dr. Zeds. <laughs> Alternative Starman has the most laughably huge name tag on this episode. <laughs> Where the costume people are afraid we'd get confused. Oh, I need to screenshot that. <laughs> so is Liz a physician or a scientist? Why do those things often seem to be interchangeable on this show. I don't think the writers know how doctorates work. <laughs> because science, Aaron, that's why. We assume you're both an MD and a PhD. <laughs> I love that Liz and Bagels just casually tell Sir Keith that, uh, at the end that the doctor has been in a coma. Like, that's just a thing that <laughs> And you, you respond by letting the person sleep it off in a carriage somewhere. <laughs> Brava. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But that's just how medicine worked in the 70s, I guess. (laughs) That's how medicine works now. Um, (laughs) Really? (laughs) God, can't even say that. Leave leave that dude in the garage somewhere. Cuts on a fucking joke. (laughs) Do you mean? Okay, that that was brilliant. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, you can uh, high-five Erin online. She is at Dr. Zed. That's Zed with two Ds. Okie dokie. Wow. That's it from us this week. We did it. We did it. Uh, I had a blast. Next up, we are dropping a new Who review. Uh, This will be of 
Turn Left. It's a good one. I know. We've already recorded it. After that, we are reviewing a classic one, namely... The Terror of the Autons. Oh, yeah. Oh, four sweet episodes. Oh, my God. Have you, You've not seen it? No. I've seen it. I've seen it. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. You're in for a treat, buddy. As are you, podcast land. <laughs> so stay tuned. At some point, we'll probably deal with audiobooks. Who knows? Cannibalists and so on and so forth. Until then, Nick, people can follow you online, right? Okay. What are you? At, at Nickalele. That's right. And you can follow me as well. I'm at Ponkin. You know how to spell that. Thank you again for listening. Catch you in the next one. Be rad and excellent to each other, ladies and gentlemen. Rock on and cha-chao. Boom. <laughs> Kablamo. Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you on Google Plus? The final's on Google Plus. That's plus who back when. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account, no lie, so give us a follow. You guessed it, that's at Who Back When, all in one word. Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next classic Who Review, New Who Review, or, still funny, Audio Who Review. Cha-chao. Who Back When?